0: Hey, hey, good bitches, and welcome to this week's episode of Good Bitch. I'm Jules. Arangi, how you heiwe. And I'm Jody Clark, and we're just two good
1: bitches trying to live good lives. Today, we are joined by the inspirational Rhiannon Tracy. Two months before Rhiannon's 21st birthday, she was on holiday in Bali. Now, Rhiannon dove headfirst into a shallow pool, instantly breaking both her back and neck, leaving Rhiannon quadriplegic
0: re-shares her amazing journey with us adding our own gb twist of course Rhiannon, thank you for joining us what a way to spend a friday in lockdown yes honey we're here for it
2: oh my gosh but what I can't get over is the, the three of us are sitting here, but there's no alcohol inside because I know Jules isn't drinking. <laughs> I don't even have a coffee. Do what you know what? what?
1: We're, we're even on the decaf, babe.
0: We've even cut out caffeine over here. Actually. This bitch, re this bitch <laughs> says, so everyone knows I've got like a fucking, probably a drinking problem. This bitch, I've been three weeks sober today. Chodes goes, I might just get a little takeaway alcohol drink after recording. I was like, oh, it's nice for some. <laughs> Rub it in, why don't you? We're
1: living, we're living vicariously through you, Jill. Really are? Absolutely, absolutely. Now, obviously, Ree, us, you know, you've been an OG good bitch, right? We see you, we love you, we we stalk you, we, we stalk you all the time, basically on your socials. And I noticed that someone had a tattoo removed this week. Did you want to? Ah, share? Shit. <laughs> I mean, we've all been we've all been there, honey. Do you want to share that story for the GBs?
2: Can confirm wasn't a tramp stand. Okay, just <laughs> confirming. <laughs> yes. Um, look, it was actually my ex husband and I had our wedding flowers and wedding dates tattooed on us on our honeymoon. So we've been separated, or well, we're now divorced um, for three years next month. So I just felt like it was a really good time to do it because initially when we separated, everyone was like, are you going to get it removed? What are you going to do about it? And I was like, I am already making decisions based on just pure reaction. Mm. So I'm just going to, you know, roll with it and um, get it removed when I'm doing it for me. And yeah, now's the time. So I had the first session the other day. All the boys in my life prepared me for it going to absolutely kill. And it was a piece of piss.
0: Wow. Like, does it feel like it laser? Was- like, does it feel like laser hair removal?
2: So I'm keeping the flower. I'm just getting rid of the date because I still love sunflowers. flowers. Um, yeah, it was so quick. Like, mm. yeah, probably less pain of laser because depending where you're getting laser, like,
0: hurts more, I guess. So, mm. I'm actually proud of you for just getting it removed. There's nothing – I'm about to call some GBs out here. There's nothing worse <laughs> than when people have a, a date or their exes on their, like, back or something, and then they get, like, a fucking dragon to cover it up. I'm like, doll, that yeah. looks so much worse. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm all about the clean slate, eh? Hey? Mentally and right. physically. Absolutely.
0: Rhea, I've got to share with you and the listeners. Drumroll, please. I'm back on Hinge. I'm back on Hinge, Ooh. But what is so groundbreaking this time is I'm huge Virgo, so everything has to have a plan and a strategy. So I've got a specific strategy. And Jode's, um, my girl over here, she helped me determine from my chart. Her birth chart. Birth chart, what star sign my soulmate was. And apparently they're a Virgo, another Virgo, which oh God, that in itself is hectic. So I've gone on Hinge and my profile just says only looking for Virgos and I'm, I've been really cutthroat about it. I've got to ask, are you on the apps? Do you have any uh, techniques?
2: Oh, shit. Um, look, I've recently been deleted off Hinge. Uh, that's a story within itself. But look, I have been, I've been all over them. I, I did take a bit of a, a dating app vacay this year just because I feel like dating apps, everybody is on them and everyone just has a love-hate relationship with them. Mm. Um, and for me, they're just a time kill. Like, mm. honestly, I just sit there. I literally sit there when I'm on the toilet. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God. <laughs> like, just swiping. Um but yes, look, I, I have been all about them. I definitely think they're something everybody needs to experience, both to build your confidence and your coping mechanisms when it comes to rejection mm-hmm. and also, you know, meet all the wrong guys and, make, you know, some maintenance men at the same time. But um, look, I think they're absolutely hilarious. And for me, it, it was a confidence build-up because I'd been with my ex-husband for like 14 years. So I, when I was thrown into the dating world again, it was like, being thrown into the dating world, but also being thrown into the dating world with a disability. So I went through the whole, do I put on there that I'm in a wheelchair? Or do I just slip, you know, a, a wheelchair photo in there, in amongst the standing photos because I can, can stand. Um, and, you know, I got through all of that. And now I've kind of worked out how to approach it because, you know, I'm the tough person, you can't just say hey to me. You mm-hmm. have to actually have like, a a good conversation starter and I actually met my best male friend on Tinder two years ago because he started the conversation with, can you actually stand or is that some Photoshop magic? And I was just like, oh my God, this is the best. And it's also (laughs) for me, it's about deciphering who's actually just reading your profile or who's looking at your pictures. So, you know, I throw in there my height and I put like my height standing and my height sitting. And the ones who have actually read the profile will be like, who cares about like what your height is sitting? And I'm like, well, people in wheelchairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So no, it's definitely been a process. I love it. But for me now getting on the apps is about like being out with the girlfriends and having a few drinks and turning it into a dating ga- uh, a drinking game.
0: Yeah. Oh, I yeah, love that. 100%. Hey, who are you swiping left for? Swiping left?
1: Yeah, left's like the no, yeah. the right's oh, the yes. Who
0: are you swiping right for? What's your type, um, Brie? Oh, look,
2: I don't really have a type. I think I have, like, a physical, like, fuckboy type and then I've got, like, my my person type. So the fuckboy type is definitely, you know, the uh, the Jason Malamas of the world. But
0: Oh, you like a pollination, on. eh?
2: Yeah. <laughs> i realise they only actually exist on TikTok. Mm. Um, but, you know, I am... I'm a personality kind of person that I've, I've just realized this. So, you know, now I'm down for people who just make me honestly laugh and have to meet me energetically because I'm a lot. Like, I'm a lot. <laughs>
0: You're, you're, I mean, you're preaching to the absolute yeah. choir. <laughs> I wrote I, I wrote in my bio, and I'm, I've never been so abused in my life. Like, this was back in six months ago when I was really going ham on all the apps. I wrote in my bio, I'm five foot ten and I have big dick energy. And every guy was like, no girl with big dick energy would ever write that. Like, they were, wow, oh. they couldn't hack it, hey. Oh. I was like, I'm just trying to be honest because I carry every conversation, like with men. <laughs> what
2: else is in your bio? Like, I literally have my bio saved in my notes. You want to hear it? Please. Yes. It's hilarious. Okay, I'm the can't human without coffee. Not when I'm laughing. Kind of girl who's a sucker for a good beard and flowing conversation. Hash browns, chips, and gravy are a weakness, as well as puppies. If you can't start a conversation with something more interesting than "Hey," then you have my attention. I don't really care what your star sign is or whether you like pineapple on pizza. I live my life on wheels, so if you're not down to piggybacks up staircases or having your toes run over at
0: times, then welcome. I mean, it's giving me comedy gold. It's giving me ho. I fucking love it. I love it.
1: And you're really really weeding out the boys from the Kings Mm -hmm, with that one too. mm I love it. Mm-hmm. I think so. I reckon we go to a quick break. Let's and then, do it. And then we come back with more juicy stuff from Rhiannon. Yes. All right, GBs. We'll be right back. But in the meantime, make sure you're rating your gals five star on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at goodbitchpod. We also have a TikTok now hey, at hey, goodbitchpod. Hey, hey. <laughs> and we'll see you back. All right, good bitches. We're back with the beautiful Rhiannon Tracy, and we're going to get straight into it. Rhiannon,
0: what is your love language?
1: Acts of service. Acts That's of the service. First, you know what?
0: That's the first person to say acts of service.
1: You are, really? actually. Yeah. We yeah. haven't had many acts of service come through.
0: What's your least favourite? Um. Oh, I think
2: the is it words of affirmation or something like mm-hmm. that. I'm just... I am so bad at receiving compliments from men. Like, this is PTSD kind of shit. But, like, I'm working through that. But I'm also an action speak so much louder than words Mm type of gal as well. So definitely acts of service for me. I love that.
0: 100%. Now... Could you take us back to the day of your accident um, and sort of the aftermath that occurred? Because when I was reading your story, re I was like, can this bitch catch a break, mm. universe? So could you give the, um, the GBs, yeah, a rundown?
2: Absolutely. So obviously my injury happened in Bali and Bali was like my girl's triple away every year, but with my mum because my mum is my bestie. She's my ultimate. She's the Selma to my Louise. And we would get our tax checks and then we'd be on the phone booking our flight. So this particular trip was going to be super exciting because I was bringing my like bestie for life. We've been best mates since like six or seven years old. And we were celebrating her birthday while we were over there. So, of course, the night we were celebrating was the night that the accident happened. And everyone asked me straight up, were you drunk? Mm. And I wasn't. I wasn't. And then I think because I wasn't drunk is why I remember everything as if, as if it happened yesterday, because I remained fully conscious throughout the whole thing. So, um, you know, we'd had an awesome day. It was super hot. It was September. We'd been shopping, buying all those like genuine fake Louis and all the things, um, and we'd gone on a sunset cruise. So, you know, music, drag queens, dancing, all the things. And we'd gone back to um, the resort that we would usually stay at each year. We were not staying there this particular year, but we had heaps of friends there that worked there as well. So we finished up on the cruise and we'd literally like gone back to refresh, to get ready to act to go out for the night. Um, And I just literally ripped off my clothes and dove into the swimming pool. Now the swimming pool is technically a deep swimming pool. So there's, two pools and they kind of have a bridge that go over them um, to, you know, I, I guess decipher what's deep to shallow. So I did dive into the deep pool, but the deep pool literally is like a pin pin drop. Mm. So the middle of the pool is deep, but the sides are shallow. So when I dove in and I was like just rushing, like literally just ripped off my clothes, had my toes underneath and, and jumped straight in. So when I hit the bottom, I actually hit like where it, it drops from shallow to deep and, you know, uh, broke my neck and my back. So face down in the water, didn't for a second think that I'd broken anything. I actually thought that I just hit my head really, really hard because I felt my body kind of freeze up um, and my friends jumped in and pulled me out and they were touching parts of my body and asking me if I could feel it and I could. So they were reassuring me that because I could feel everything uh, that I was going to be fine. So, then uh, somebody had to contact my mum because my mum wasn't with me at that time. And that in itself was so traumatizing, you know, hearing my mum scream when she'd entered the scene. And my mum never would get on the back of a motorbike in Bali. And I just remember her flying in on the back of a motorbike. Um, and then I was taken to the Bali International Medical Center. The credit cards were being swiped. I was lucky I had travel insurance because I probably wouldn't be here today telling my story. And I had a scan that confirmed that I'd broken my neck and my back, my C5 to my T1. So literally like where um, the kind of midsection of your neck is to where your bra straps should sit. I'd broken all of that. And then the fragments of the broken vertebrae were lodged into both sides of my spinal cord. So my mum was told I'd need emergency surgery in Bali. Then I was taken to the Denpasar Hospital, and while I was waiting for emergency surgery, Bali was hit with, I can't remember if it was 7.4 or 7.6 magnitude earthquake, but it was bloody huge, and the entire trauma center was, like, falling down around us, so I honestly thought that we were, like, I was going to die tonight, uh, that night, I remember saying to mum, like, you know, we're going to die, and... My mum's one of those, like, you know, she's got reassuring words during any moment of the day, and she was like, "At least if we go, we're going to go together." I'm like, "That is the shittiest thing." Not not now, mum. I don't, I don't name Sharon, so I was like, "Good job, Shaz." Like, here we go. Um, But I survived, and you know, I had my surgery about 24 hours later. Two and a half weeks in hospital in Bali. Um, everything that could go wrong went wrong. Mm. Both my lungs collapsed. Hadn't been to the bathroom for two and a half weeks. Blood clots in my legs. Travel insurance company flew a doctor and a nurse over to Australia to bring me home. By the time they got there, I was taking my last breath. Went into um, panic mode, like the whole medical team went into panic mode. Got me out of Bali like two days later as they were about to fly me off in an air ambulance. Had a anaphylactic reaction to something that they'd injected me with almost died then so yeah like it was it was I'm just waiting like to be contacted for like a producer or a director and being like hey can we do a movie because like it was pretty hectic just that ordeal but um I survived and then I went you know through seven months of hospital here in Australia and being told that you know I'd probably never get out of bed again let alone walk three more
1: surgeries
0: to correct everything that they tried to fix in Bali and, yeah, all two months before my 21st birthday. I, wow. I just cannot. Like, yeah, Jodes was saying to me this morning, she was like, I can't hear Ree's story without getting emotional every time. So to actually live it, Ree, you are a walking miracle.
1: I'm just in awe Thanks. of her.
0: An awe. <laughs> I've got to say, every article I read about you, there was – they you keep mentioning the RAV4. Now we need to talk about mm. this. So <laughs> – During this whole ordeal, you were so set on keeping this car, the RAV4 that you had just bought, Um, even though doctors time and time again told you that you would never walk again. Why was this so important to you to keep that car?
2: I think that the purchase of that car for me um, really was like a very distinguished moment in my life where it was like, okay, girl, like you are 20 years old, you've got your shit together. And, you know, I I was able to buy that car on my own, like without help, without, you know, without anything. And then, um, you know, I've been always been raised or as a clairvoyant told me yesterday, I've always been programmed to be really independent. And that's obviously segued and played a huge part into my recovery journey. But buying that Rav4 for me was like, all right, bitch, like you're 20 years old and you've got it going on. You've got your shit together. So... You know, having been told just a few months later, sell it, you know, my injury was uncompensated. So, literally anything my family could sell to pay for, you know, this multi-million dollar injury and that is really what it is. We had to sell, but mum and I had multiple conversations. She ended up selling her car and she started driving the RAV, you know, just so we could have that moment where, you know, we could, like, even just to be able to get into that car meant... I didn't have to have like wheelchair taxis if I went out. Mm. You know, it, it just held, it held so many opportunities within that car. And, you know, being able to get into it was one thing, but, you know, I got my license back December of 2011. And all I kept saying in hospital was like, I just can't wait to go through the drive through at Macca's. But I just <laughs> want to go through the drive through at Macca's. So I don't have to get my wheelchair out. I can get chicken nuggets." You know, like just those little things in life that we really we don't we don't hold on to. We really take for granted. Like these were the things that you know my life became about.
1: Mm. A girl after our own heart, oh, literally, honestly. Yeah. Now, Rhiannon, I think I know the answer to this question, but I want to ask you. And we know you're a GB, so it's not going to shock you that we're huge woo woo girls. You know how we get down. Are you big on manifestation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huge
2: um probably like I do it unintentionally too so I'm not like the I'm not the like print all the pictures out cut them out of magazines stick them on a vision board kind of gal but I am like I'm literally sitting in front of a whiteboard at the moment and I just write words Mm. and the words you guys are actually on my whiteboard how funny are we yeah um yeah so I'm a uh, like looking at that a lot of the things that are on here for this year i've I've done, but I actually had a really interesting conversation with my best my best mate and that' this is not the best mate who pulled me out of a swimming pool so long as shows she couldn't really deal with what was going on with my injury, so she exited my life and that's what my life became. It was like a roller coaster people are coming and going. Um, but my best girlfriend said to me a couple of months ago she said, like I was having like a few wines kind of emotional moment where I was like, you know, like, do you think I'm just going to have cats for the rest of my life kind of moment? And she was like, Rhiannon, you manifest everything mm. in your life, but you never manifest a man. Mm. She's, like, like, she's like, everything in your career, bang, you think about it, you write it on a bloody board you know, <laughs> and it happens. Yes. And she's like, but I've never ever like seen you actually – manifest a man like you just meet guys and then like you know they'll do something because you know in all honesty my standards coming out of you know toxic relationships in the past it's like a guy that I dated last year put Christmas lights on my house and I was like I love you you
0: know Mm. and then looking
2: back at it I'm like girl that's how I knew I needed that time off to really kind of raise my vibe and Mm. especially when it comes to my non-negotiables that um yeah, she was like, You don't manifest a man, you need to manifest a man. Like, you need to. She was like, Before we go to bed, we're sitting mm-hmm. down, we're writing this down, and we're not focusing on physical traits. We're getting right down to the whole, like, you know, he needs to have a job. I know it sounds bizarre, but the guy that I dated last didn't have a job, you know? <laughs> so, like, and, you know, he needs to have a life that isn't just so engulfed in yours, you know, and he needs to send those good morning text messages, because that's a little thing, but it's a good thing. So, we did that, and um, yeah, Mr Manifested has definitely
1: entered the building. What?! Stop! Yeah, I think that's a a beautiful entry point to my next question. (laughs) We need to get into that because we wanted to to ask you and really get to know what what dating with a disability looks like.
0: Like, where are you meeting people?
2: (laughs) I guess this is a bit of a reason why I did kind of get off the app because I realized that my personality is so strong Mm -hmm. that I just could, I just didn't think that people could experience. Me, you know, as a whole via, you know, texting and things like that. Even though voice memos are now a thing too. But I just kind of, I knew that I needed to meet someone out and about. But Mm -hmm. the story of this guy that has just come into my life recently is a little bit morbid. And I I actually said to him this morning, I was like, don't listen to this podcast because (laughs) I know I'm going to. But I actually did meet him on Tinder at the start of the year. Ghosted him because I'm a bitch. (laughs) <laughs> um, and I knew, I knew that it wasn't the right time. And pretty much after I did that, was when I decided, no, I need some time. And then I, the next time I saw him was at a funeral.
0: Wow! <laughs> but is that not the universe being like, bitch? This is the one, and like pushes, yeah. he's pushed, they're pushing you.
2: Yes, and let me tell you, like this guy pushes every boundary, and I think it's really good because he's actually, it turns out he was a cousin, he's a cousin of one of our clients at work. And, you know, he did know a lot about my injury before we met physically, which was, I think it was really good because I've up until probably this year, there's been certain elements of my injury that I haven't really felt comfortable sharing publicly because, Mm. you know, the dating apps are linked to your social media, Mm. you know? Mm. So it was always like, oh, this might be a bit TMI for some people, but for other people, you know, it's just, it's life. So Mm -hmm. it's been really good because he has known so much, it's actually really allowed him to approach the conversations. You know, like one of the biggest things is always the sex question. Mm -hmm. You know, can you have sex? And I'm like, well... You know if you've stalked my socials enough you know i ride horses i do you know so like, put two and two together <laughs> um you know but also like there's a the bowel and bladder side of things as well which is something that i generally don't share with someone until you know we are facebook official because you know i have to use catheters to go to the bathroom and you know i have to take medication you know to go to the toilet and things like that so Now I'm just like, you know what, this is who I am and if I can't have these conversations with someone, then, you know, maybe that I'm not ready. Mm. Maybe I'm not ready because these, like, even able-bodied people go to the toilet. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's also, you know, like, dating me means having to think before you, you know, book a restaurant for a date or, Mm. you know, like, we went to the movies the other night and we went to uh, Lux Cinema and... He booked, and then when we got there, they were like, Oh, where you like, where the stairs are is where you guys are sitting. You know, can you get up the stairs? And he was like, Shit, you know, I, when I booked, mm. I did think about this, but I couldn't call to confirm. And I'm like, I panicked. And mm. he was like, What do you want to do? And I'm like, It's cool, we'll just move. Like, mm. and when we we're in the lift going to these particular seats, he was like, This must be so frustrating for you. I'm like, Eh, this is my life. But throwing someone else into that, like, it, it does. Like you you say, like it
0: takes a king to be able to meet you on that level. 100%. Mm. We find that um, even with, we're like, if they know about the podcast, they're fine with us, you know? it's kind of We almost need to start making burner accounts on Hinge and stuff because once they listen to the podcast, Mm. they're like, I'm out. But that's good because it cuts the fat, as I always say. It cuts the fat. I'm all about, it
1: sounds like you're like us, all about transparency. And, you know, if they can't handle it, well then... We don't need to have them in our space. Mm. Basically, cut the fat, as Jules would say. Love that.
0: I'm gonna jump in here because you did just touch on it, and mm. it is one of our huge questions, Re. Sex mm-hmm. when you are not able bodied. Yeah. I've only been injury prone, and that was hard mm. enough. So, <laughs> and we could only do cowgirl, I think. <laughs> so, what, what are you doing? What, what's the what's the go-to's? <laughs>
2: um look I love this question I've got to tell you a story I've got to ask circa back to when I was in hospital and I was injured I had no idea if the bits still worked Mm -hmm. and I was asking all of my girlfriends I was like can you bring me in a vibrator can you bring me in this and like 12 years ago you know sex toys were still very taboo so it was like you know, they they would giggle when I'd ask them, and I was like, "No, I'm bloody serious." Like now, I have to resort to using the shower head in the hospital. Like that's not very hygienic, but you know, <laughs> a girls got to do what a girls got to do. So for me, like I, I needed to know. Like I just needed to know. And I, as soon as I was out of that hospital, you know, I, I was feeling the car. And it's so funny because mum says to me now, she's like, if you had to ask me, I would have brought one. In. And I was like, we didn't have that kind of relationship back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I have definitely, definitely gone through the whole rehabilitation of the vagina side of things. And I and I preach this to women and men as well who do have these injuries because it's like, if you don't use it, you lose it. Mm. Like, that that's a God's honest truth. And it's going to be different for everyone. But I think, you know, this injury has also given me the ability to understand sex better in the sense of the emotional side of it Mm. as well as the physical. Can I feel everything? I absolutely can. And I put that down to 12 years of lots of masturbation and practice.
1: Go on. Go on if you
2: have
0: to, if you have to.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, I actually read a thing the other day that said, like, your lifespan – um, increases if you masturbate at least two times a week. And
1: I was like, I'm immortal. I was like, say, <laughs> <laughs> we're all fucking immortal by that statement, <laughs> babe. Um, but yes, like,
2: and definitely incorporated positions into my physical therapy. Like, I remember learning how to four point kneel, and I was like, booyah, doggy like <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: doggy here I Go off,
2: you know. So. Like it's, it's about conversation as well, and that's part of the whole dating getting to know you process. Because for me, and I just had this conversation with the guy I'm seeing because I was like, All right, as soon as I orgasm, forget about me getting on top because my whole body will shut down. Mm. Like, my whole body will shut down. So, if, if you want me to jump on top, like, we got to get into that, like, because mm-hmm. you know, forget about it. But yes, no, definitely can do um, many of the things, and again, like, it's about getting to know. My partner and my partner getting to know me, and you know, some, some guys find that a challenge within itself. Like I've had, I've had guys who you know can't get it up because they're afraid of either hurting me mm. or just like the whole unknown. But as soon as I actually pop that once, we're good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's all conversation, and it's it's me being confident enough to have those conversations, and them being confident to start those conversations and a lot of guys just aren't
0: but isn't that such a turn on hey if they're like fuck yeah like I know everything and you know I know this situation and I am fucking ready to go I, I I'm wet just thinking about that you know <laughs> yep
2: <laughs> I'm there for it and that's why I like this guy that's come into my life because he has known so much he just I think it was like our first date that was not technically a date because he was kind of seeing someone at the time so Ooh, when we've Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he'd only been on he'd only been on a couple of dates with her. They weren't like exclusive mm-hmm. or anything like that. But he was honest up front. Like he was like, Well, didn't expect to bump into you. Here we are, just letting you know I'm seeing someone. I was like, sweet, let's just catch up for a coffee. Coffee tending to dinner and us sharing food and talking about sex within twenty minutes. So like, you know, mm-hmm. then it was our date and other girls didn't really last much longer. Um, but you know he was so keen to ask me these questions and it is saucy. Like, Mm. you know, it is very saucy because we're having conversations that even are pushing my boundaries and I'm like, oh, I'm hot for this.
1: I love that. I wanted to also ask you about awoke speed dating. Is that something you're still pushing forward with? Absolutely. So if lockdowns ever stop, Mm. it will
2: be happening in September, October, purely because it's it's more than just an online platform. So, my one of my good friends and I, we've created a work based on you know all the feedback regarding the conversations that we've had re dating apps and everyone's mm. opinions towards them. So, we wanted to create a dating experience where we can provide that that safety and comfort. And make sure that everybody who is participating is actually there for the right reason. Yeah, and also covering all bases. So we're setting it up as speed dating, so eight minutes speed dating sessions with people based on their lifestyle. So themed events. We've got LGBT nights. We've got disability inclusion. We've got sexy, sober, and single. You know, because I feel like everybody is on their own journey. But we want to ensure that everybody is being seen as well. And I think. Me with my unfiltered background, also life coaching and my life experiences and then my girlfriend who's my business partner on this being a spiritual healer and practitioner, I'm unfiltering the fuckboys and she's reading into the energy and we're actually inviting the people that apply on our website to these events based on how we feel. So we're kind of like the filtering process before you're thrown into the deep end.
1: And what sort of people are you finding are reaching out to engage with a woke speed dating? People who are
2: just over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Like they're just over it. And they're like, you know, we're at we're at our wits' ends because the issue that we have at the moment is that, you know, all the shitty guys have stopped the good guys from approaching women. And mm-hmm. as women, I think many of us want to be approached. You know, I think the, the big, big energy, like you mentioned before, is a huge thing. But I think we still have a feminine side. So we, you know, we still would like to be approached by men, but it just doesn't happen. And also in the world that we live in now, it can't physically happen most of the time mm. as well. So, you know, it's all about like reprogramming people's mindsets, which is what I do for a living. Mm. And um, yeah, it's just, we're just getting hit. Like we haven't launched, we're just like, we've been waiting for a few things to fall in place because we are, we're getting girls sending us photos and, and text conversations that they're having with guys going, can you please like decipher this for us? And, you know, can you feel the energy of this photo? And like, Ree, what is he saying when he says this? And I'm like, mm. oh my God, just let me just, you know, I, I want to be the person and I, and I say this in all elements of my life, like no matter what, what hat I wear, I always want to be the person that I have needed in some point of my life. So whether it's like to hold someone's hand through an experience or to play Cupid.
0: Oh, that could have helped us. You know that we went speed dating and it was an absolute disaster. (laughs) It was (laughs) such a disaster. I didn't get chosen by anyone, God forbid. Jode's only got hit up. I think I had like one match. And we never contacted. Oh, it was so awful. Made for a great podcast though, but it was awful.
2: Both my girlfriend and I, we've both gone through the math Casting process ah. so we pulled um, we pulled a lot of a lot of data from that as well in regards to our filtering processes mm. so you know we know on the back end what people's hobbies are what their triggers are and things
0: like that as well fuck And is this just where is this based so oh, just melbourne we're
2: starting with the surf coast and then we'll progress
0: all right, well, Sydney, Sydney, we've got to yeah. hit us up, but I'm going to take us to break. Uh, GBs, follow us at Good Bitch Pod. Stay with us though, because Ree's going to help us answer a listener question, and this is what happens when you don't get along with your boo thangs friends. Oh. I think we've all been in this one before, unfortunately, and then of course we finish with Ree's very own confession. So stick around. <laughs> GBs, we are back. Now, Ree, a listener desperately needs our help. And this is one I feel like we've all been through. Can I read it out to you, hun? Please do. GB says, Gals, I fucking love my boyfriend to bits. He's the future husband and future baby daddy, etc, etc. We did have a bit of a rocky beginning, but we're solid now. At least I thought we were. His friend's... Fucking hate me, based on old drama and rumours that they heard prior to even meeting me. I've heard them try to tell him to leave me, which he has shut down. But he's also set on not letting them go as mates because they've been friends for decades. I love him, but it's getting really fucking awkward. Are they going to eye me out at my fucking wedding? I've tried talking to them, but they just fake smile to my face and then go back to talking shit behind my back. I'm sick of being excluded from half of my man's life because his friends' heads are up their own asses and he doesn't see the issue. Am I wasting my time?
2: I mm, so sexist
0: because there's so
2: many different elements to this question and it is definitely one we've all asked. Mm.
0: Mm.
2: Look, I think that the first thing I'm going to say is what's important in all of this is not so much the friends, it's his reaction and his response to the friend. Mm-hmm. So she's mentioned that it doesn't really phase him. And I think we need to give credit where credit's due. Because if it's not phasing him, then should it really be phasing you? Like, I think opinions are like assholes and everybody has mm-hmm. them, right? And everybody has a past as well. But I think that if they're coming to your wedding, and let me tell you, I know this from experience, if they're coming to your wedding, it means that they are still supportive of him and you're a part of his life, so it means that they're still supportive of you in some respect as well. I'm a call a motherfucker out kind of person too. So, like, call them out, have a conversation, invite them over for drinks, in, like, you know, get them in a, in a space that is a safe space And ask them what Mm. their problem is because I don't know if it's an assumption like your part or this this other girl's path is the assumption, um, this is what she's assuming, or if it is like legitimate fact. So I would be having the conversations with them, with him by your side, because it sounds like he has got your back. Mm. But at the end of the day, like if it's only half of your life, half of the life that you're missing out on, like. You know, I think that in a relationship, people need to have their own worlds, and then they need to have their world together. And I understand it's frustrating that, you know, you can't have all of him. But, you know, it sounds like you are getting the good bits. So, you know, we can't have everything.
0: Mm. What do you reckon, Chodes? Honestly,
1: I just thought thought that was bang on for me. I'm like, do you want to come and answer every Every baby question? question?" (laughs) That was honestly the first (laughs) thing I thought is... call the friends out it sounds like the partner does back her but at the same time it kind of bothers me that he's not checking his friends Mm. if this is a serious relationship I would expect that my my partner would command his friends to respect me. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like there's a missing link there. So absolutely, yeah. I'd have a conversation with the partner about it and then bring in the friends and a super, mm. have them over for drinks, as you say, have get a platter going and say, hey guys, I'd love to strengthen our relationship. Let me know what you need from me. And vice versa, yeah. because this is yeah, actually, this is hurting me. What can we do to to, to solve this? Because we're not splitting up anytime soon. So you need to let me know what it's going to take here.
2: Mm. And I think like, you know, the sole person here is obviously her partner. And if mm. we're all loving and supporting of him, friends included, then they should want to mm. work out a happy medium as well. And if they don't, then that's his issue with them that he needs to kind of get sorted as well, because if we're all loving of the same person, we're all going to work for that Mm.
0: person. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that you kind of build resentment once you get your given an ultimatum. Like I'm just thinking from the boyfriend's point of view, nothing is guaranteed in life. You actually might not end up with this girl, one of our beautiful GBs. Mm. So imagine cutting all your friends off, and then you guys don't end up. Yeah, like where are you? Where is that going to leave you? Not in a very good place. And that happens. That happens mm-hmm.
2: so often. And then your boy's not around anymore. And then your loneliness journey is a whole thing that you got to
1: deal with.
0: Mm. Love that.
1: 100%. Well, look, GB, I hope that helps. hope that helps. You've had three different opinions now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Go forth and conquer. Now, we're going to get into Rhiannon's confession now. As she would know, we finish every interview with the same question. Rhiannon, what's something you've never told anyone before?
2: Uh, So, being an unfiltered person, I am. There's not a great deal of words that are left unsaid. So, again... I'm going to talk actions. Mm-hmm. I have to whisper because I've got my cleaning lady in my house right now cleaning my house <laughs> and she she's a part of this. Oh, so, the, so after um, date night the other night with, you know, this, this guy that's coming to my life, I'm doing the whole no sex thing mm-hmm. at the moment because I really want to build that bond, the mm-hmm. emotional bond, because I think sex is very easy. Mm-hmm. It's just an easy thing to do. So you know, hot and heavy makeout sesh the other night, you know, definitely got things moving. So I have had, I did have to come home and pull out the toys. So this morning, I actually had to re- like make a mental note to clean everything and put it away before my carer came to clean my house um, because I have been like busted with doing that before. And it's an awkward conversation you just don't want to be having, but yeah, it should be an easy one to have. So um yeah, something I haven't told anyone is that you know I I definitely
0: masturbate before my cleaner comes and cleans my house. <laughs> but babe, why don't you pair up with the company and leave her a little discount code? You know, next time you're saying I'll give you twenty percent off the Lilo. But, but like, the part of it is the fact that I've done it and mm. then my house is clean. What so. is it about? What what is it about her? Is that are you masturbating to the thought of a a clean bench? What is it that turns yeah, you on? Yeah.
2: Mm. maybe i am oh my gosh how morbid maybe i'm just masturbating at the fact that i'm got the whole weekend to do absolutely nothing and that includes not cleaning my
0: house oh i'm dripping wet at that no, i just love
1: this <laughs> it's funny because i've actually been snapped by my cleaner before my old flatmates tuning in will know that so i definitely resonate with that story it's a it's it's, it's, a, it's a good of time mine. it's the peace of it's mind that- for me honey go off yeah they don't clean love it do they,
0: it. they just leave it on your bed or something
1: oh no I, I left the um it was the juju bullet yeah, yeah, the I left bullet. it next to the bed god that's I, a
0: classy one if anyone wants yeah the juju ju- ju- luckily sure. it's
1: the classy one and not like a the big, big old <laughs>
0: <laughs> we get sent a lot of vibrators and there's some that are like I'm like whoa where's this fitting it not le- my vagina yeah,
1: at least the one I used to live by my bed was like you know the cute little green number yeah cute uh, but I've had, see, this is a problem when you live alone because I've had cleaners come and clean my
2: house and I've had, like, my vibrators in the dish rack drying. Yeah.
0: Oh! Uh, you pop
2: them through the dishwasher, do you, doll? I, no, I don't have a dishwasher, so I've got to do the whole, like, anti-back wash. Oh, and then, yes. Like, I gonna, scrub and then leave it in the dish rack.
0: Darling, I was going to say, I think that dishwashing liquid is bad for your <laughs> pH balance <laughs> of your vagina. There is a lot of... <laughs> I thought you were them next to the fucking spatula and the pen <laughs> i was not think you char t- <laughs> t- would like that babe uh, oh and it. tracy you have been an absolute dream you are such an inspiration and i'm sure you're fucking sick of hearing that but above all you're a fucking good bitch and we have been so privileged to sit here with you today thank you so much thank
1: you ladies so yeah. much love Such a breath of fresh air, too. Yeah,
0: and um, good luck in lockdown. When I'm not doing, um, when I'm not trying to get sober, let's do um, Zoom drinks. Zoom drinks, let's go.
1: Yeah, Yeah,
0: 100%. GBs, follow us at Good Bitch Pod. And, Rhee, where can they follow you? What socials are you on, girl? Rianne
2: and Tracy, My Real Life, across everything.
0: We'll obviously put that in the show notes. GBs, go and check her out. She is so Gregorius, so the energy is unmatched. A certified good bitch, as we say. Tell someone you love about the good bitch message, especially for you people in lockdown. Obviously, you can rate us five stars. And please follow us at goodbitchpod. We'll see you next Tuesday. See
1: you next Tuesday.
0: Love you, bitches.